Medicare is complicated. Medicare can be confusing. Medicare is no fun to study. Will you know what decisions to make when Medicare time arrives for you? My name is Doug Jones, and I wrote a book to help you figure it all out. Medicare for the Lazy Man. It's on sale at Amazon and BarnesandNoble.com. Also, you can download and listen to my podcast, Medicare for the Lazy Man, wherever fine podcasts are given away free of charge. Medicare for the Lazy Man, simplest and easiest guide ever. You asked for it, you got it. The Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. The Medicare podcast for those who are three sheets to the wind. Now here with a tear in his eye is Medicare expert, Doug Jones. Well, hello again, ladies and gentlemen. It's uh, your old pal, Uncle Dougie, otherwise known as Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. I'm less than enthusiastic about my beautiful Arizona environs today because it is uh, what Randy would describe as Arizona freezing. It is wintertime, January. It's rainy, and that's uh, we get half of our rain in the middle of winter and the other half of the rain comes in the middle of summer, which might be hard for non-desert dwellers to believe. But today it's probably 49 degrees outside my house. It is rainy. Everything is wet and soggy and there isn't a soul to be seen in the neighborhood. Everybody is hiding in home, in their homes. Uh, they're hunkered down for the duration of this nasty, nasty weather. Now, the good news is, the sun's supposed to come out in a couple of days, and it's going to be in the middle 70s by the end of the week. But still, it's not the ideal Arizona conditions that I remembered when I was a kid or that I've enjoyed for many years thereafter. Uh, so anyway, this is the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. I'm sure my Canadian nephew, Drew McMillan, did his job and told you who I am. And I am uh, going to reiterate that I am Doug Jones, your Medicare expert. And the reason I'm here in this podcast is to encourage you to feel confident about your impending encounter with Medicare. At some point in the future, you're probably going to have to deal with Medicare, and you may be confused as to how to get started or what to do when that time comes around or how how much lead time you need to make sure that Medicare can accede to your wishes and uh, institute your health insurance coverage that the government provides. So what I suggest is that you buy my book, Medicare for the Lazy Man. And because I'm a lazy man, I still haven't done the 2024 edition yet. Apparently, I'm just way too busy doing earth-shattering work for all of humanity. And I can't get my poop together to get that 2024 edition finished And so, therefore, you're going to have to buy the 2023 edition if you want to know the whole story about Medicare. Very few of the details are that critical that the 2023 edition won't stand you in good stead. And I suggest that you go to barnesandnoble.com or amazon.com and that you purchase one of the four editions at Amazon. You've got the paperback book, which is the primary uh, form of the book that people buy. You've got the Kindle version, which is uh, less than $4, and you can have that instantly, instant gratification. 
Uh, you can purchase the Audible book, wherein I do all the work of reading the book and turning the pages and announcing the chapter headings, and all of that is done for you. And finally, if you uh, still have people on your gift list that you haven't come up with a good uh, a good um, idea for a gift, uh, one that keeps on giving for many decades into the future, you might buy Medicare for the Lazy Man hardcover version uh, for $22. A lot of people have bought that uh, part of or that uh, book in that form. It's got the same knowledge in it. It's got colorful illustrations, and it looks beautiful. Uh, it brings joy to your recipient when they open uh, that package and see that magnificent book. It will last them decades. And so uh, that's what I recommend. Buy Medicare for the Lazy Men, currently 2023, and you will be given the knowledge that you need to encounter Medicare and come out the winner. Speaking of winners, I've got a friend across the screen from me who is uh, recording everything I say, and I hope he doesn't use it against me. His name is Randy Carson. Randy Carson, how the heck are you today? I'm doing just peachy keen, Mr. Jones, other than... Yes, yes, yes. It's been drizzling and snizzling and cold for what? How many How many days now? It feels, it, it feels like about a month. It, it, but it started about the day that my Illinois refugee friends showed up and uh, expected to have a magnificent sunny so did they Arizona bring this vacation. With them? Did they bring it with them? Well, I, I doubt that that's really an accurate depiction. I'd say more like uh, bad luck follows them. I don't know if you remember the little Abner carrier uh, character, Joe oh, yeah. Muffelschluck. He always had a cloud over his head and he, um, he just had bad luck wherever he went. And that seems to be the case with our friends from Illinois. Yeah. Who is that? And speaking of the comics, who is that? Now, maybe we're talking about the same comic character, but who was that kid that used to run around and had constant like dust around him and, and had dirt all over him? And well, that was pig pig pen. Yeah. I was going to say, wasn't that wasn't his name pig pen. Yeah. And he was not in little Abner. He was in uh, uh, peanuts. That's right. That's yep. right. Yep. You're and, absolutely uh, correct. <laughs> well, I got to tell you, you are sitting in front of a fake background that I normally <laughs> would, would point fingers at, but this is a magnificent picture taken from your backyard uh, with the mountains in the background and palm trees. And it's just a beautiful, warm, sunny uh, feeling that I get when I look at your backyard on a good Arizona day, as opposed well, to the weather outside my window. It actually makes me feel warmer. I, I, well, I look at that guy. I, I can't be cold because it's warm outside. Yeah, that's true. It's uh, and if I took a picture of this, it would appear as though you were sitting out in your yard doing the podcast work that we're uh, up to today. Yes. Yes. I'm not, but, uh, I actually am sitting in my office and I, some days I begin to feel like I've rooted in place, but that's uh, okay. Well, I can tell that it's one of these fake backgrounds that you can do on Zoom because you've got one arm missing. It's, well, there's uh, that. There, plus, there you go. Okay. Now plus, you, you, plus, if you go like this, my ears disappear. Yeah, there's a. It looks like there's some sort of thing going on around your head, but the overall effect is good. It makes me remember why I came out to Arizona, which is uh, for sunshine and vitamin D, uh, and and uh, just happiness, general happiness. Arizona Absolutely. makes me happy. I, I, I totally agree with you. Well, you know something? What's that? I'm going to give you a choice today. 
Alrighty. Which do you want to play? Stupid laws or something else? Well, do you have something else fun lined up? Because it it never hurts to break up our our uh, you know t- uh, routine to throw in a curveball every once in a while. I don't know that I have anything that's that's you know up as high on the list in terms nope. of you know cool then, things as stupid laws. Then then we're stuck with stupid laws. So lay a stupid law on me. My my alternative one was twenty five things you should know about Medicare for twenty twenty three, but. I think we've covered all those unless you want to go for it unless you want to go for it again. Well, there's this theory that the audience has a short memory and they may not remember that we've covered those things. So hang hang on to that article. Don't lose okay. it. Okay. But let's all go right. with the stupid laws for the time being. Okay, let's go let's do a stupid law. So I'm going to have to I'm going to have to have you uh, help me remember where we left off on the stupid laws. I know it's hard. Have have we talked about New Mexico lately? I don't think so. Okay. Uh, well, let's see here. We have a law in New Mexico, and I'm going to give you a, I'm going to give you a little bit of a clue on it because it's going to be really tough for you to pick this thing up. I, I I just you know you you are a magician on picking these things up, but I just can't imagine you would know these. So he's predicting failure, ladies and gentlemen. He's uh, well, predicting that I'm I'm going to fail. <laughs> not, not failure, just just uh, okay. Disappointment, <laughs> disappointment, serious disappointment, and no prize money coming your way. All right. Okay, New Mexico, you are not allowed to do this in New Mexico in a cemetery. Well, we did have the same kind of cemetery talk in a different state, and uh, you weren't allowed to go to a cemetery and hang out there. You couldn't uh, uh, picnic, drink. I think it was drinking was the real target of that particular law. So I can't imagine that you would use the same um, recreational activity as a, um, a crime just in a different state. So I think drinking is out. I would say that if you're in New Mexico... You cannot summon the devil, and you cannot uh, you cannot perform profane rites of uh, you know uh, worship, devil worship in a cemetery. That's my guess. No, I hear that's a big no, no coming your way. No, no, that's a no. That's a no. You want to you want another? Do you want a hint, or do you want to just go for it? I think we should go for it, considering the fact that we've dilly-dallied for about 10 minutes already. (laughs) Okay. In the city of Deming, New Mexico. Deming. I've been to Deming many times. Okay. Well, you just want to make sure you didn't do this then. Well, hopefully I didn't. I haven't been arrested in Deming. Human traffic in cemeteries must be limited to avenues, walkways, and roads when practical. Riding a bicycle or hunting. Ah. Is expressly prohibited within the confines of cemetery premises. So, okay, so wh- this just really toasts my mind, Doug. You can you can't hunt or ride a bicycle. I don't know where those two got matched up together, but yeah, did you did you do any of that when you were in Deming? Now, Deming is one little town in New Mexico, and Hatch is another little town in New Mexico. Deming is on one interstate, I think maybe Interstate 25. No, excuse me, Interstate 40, Interstate 10, pardon me. And uh, where Interstate 10 crosses Interstate 25, it is a shortcut 
from Chicago to Tucson. So if you get off Interstate 25, you come south from Albuquerque on I-25, and you get off in Hatch and drive across on a two-lane road in a Corvette. It's kind of fun. Drive across this mountain for about 25 miles, and you come into Deming, another small town, but it's on the road that you wanted to turn onto. So instead of just making a right-hand turn, uh, when your Interstate 25 intersects with Interstate 10, this is a shortcut that cuts that corner off and probably cuts off a good uh, 45 minutes of travel time. So cool. never saw the uh, the fu- the uh, graveyard, never had an opportunity to do any of the stuff that they say you cannot do in their graveyards and wouldn't know where to do it if I even had a mind to. Well, just for God's sakes, the next time you go, don't try hunting in the graveyard. They don't or ride, say they don't say what my the bike. Pen, yeah, you can't ride the bike. Uh, they didn't say what the penalty is, but I'm I'm a little concerned given the fact they didn't say what the penalty is. It could be terrible. Could be really, especially if the law was uh, done a long time ago. Typically, it was a small dollar amount because uh, we had much less inflation back then. But a lengthy jail sentence was often attached to some of these crimes. Or you could look down in the corner of one of Deming's, uh, you know, cemeteries and yeah. see a little thing with, you know, look with a little iron gate around it, and yep. they could have a sign up saying these people, these people are the ones that hunted in this graveyard. <laughs> well, I'll tell you something else that occurs to me about Deming. 1939 was a magnificent Western movie, black and white. It was the first A movie that John Wayne starred in. He had had a lot of movies under his belt by that time but they were all like b movies and um, this is the first high budget western that uh, john wayne starred in and he did a fantastic job and it made him a, an international movie star and the movie's called stagecoach and it uh followed a stagecoach full of passengers or travelers from benson arizona which is uh, just to the east of tucson and they kept talking about getting to deming that they would probably be safe from marauding apaches when they got to deming but in the meantime they had to make a couple of stops and change the team of horses that were pulling the stagecoach and it was your typical western but the tension built as the story went on and it was a pretty cool movie i i watched it a few years ago and still enjoyed it even though i knew how it was going to end stagecoach so Stagecoach, I recommend that. The 1939 Stagecoach with John Wayne. Cool. Well, you know what we need to do here, Doug? We need to get down to it. We need to get down to some business. Let's let's get her done. All righty. Well, what I'm going to do here is go through more subject matter than usual because the content curator went on a tear. I think I inspired her in the last episode. I said, I'm, I'm doing some house cleaning here, and I took a lot of uh, items from the bottom of the huge stack of content and uh, went through them fairly rapidly. So she took a page out of that book and she gave me a stack of unrelated items that she thought we might uh, share with the audience. So the first one on top, I think is going to be the most important one, the most instructional. And uh, the question posed by this article is, do I really need supplemental insurance with Medicare? And the uh, finer print underneath that headline is Medicare Supplement Insurance, otherwise known as Medigap, is an optional add-on that can fill gaps in Medicare Parts A and B. This is a a recent article, 
And uh, it was written by somebody named Alex Rosenberg. Don't even know who he was, but it's only a few days old. And the article goes on to state about 41% of original Medicare beneficiaries, I call them participants, but about 41% of people that participate in Medicare had Medicare supplement insurance in 2021. Uh, That is according to a February report from last year. Um, There are many gaps in Medicare that a beneficiary or a participant would have to pay if they don't have Medigap or Medicare supplement insurance. This can add up to be thousands of dollars per year. While it's not mandatory to have Medicare supplement insurance, you might want to purchase it to fill some of the gaps in Medicare Part A and Part B. It, Medigap does not work with Medicare Advantage plans. So Medicare Part A has a deductible of $1,632 this year, which you owe before Medicare starts to pay for inpatient hospital care. Just one hospital stay, and you're going to be paying that $1,632 deductible. $32 deductible. So uh, really fast, your costs can add up. Most Medigap plans or Medicare supplement plans cover the Part A deductible and plans with premiums below $136 a month could put you ahead based on that benefit alone. After you've met your deductible, there are out-of-pocket costs. Now, they didn't even talk about the Part B deductible, and that's the uh, kind of insurance, kind of Medicare insurance that you're going to need most often because it is it covers the, all the treatment you would get when you're not confined to a hospital or a nursing home. And that's most of the medical treatment that most of us get. So Part B has a one-time only annual deductible of $240. you got to pay the first $240 before Part B kicks in and pays any of your medical expenses for the rest of the year. So going on with the article, after you've met your deductible, there are out-of-pocket costs for many Medicare services, uh, mostly the Part B services and mostly 20% that you have to pay, while Medicare pays 80%. Now, admittedly, that's the vast majority of charges that Medicare pays, but that 20% can add up if you need some serious treatment or lengthy treatment. Medicare Part A co-pays kick in after your 60th day in the hospital. Uh, that means that if you're still in the hospital after 60 days, they're going to start tacking on uh, a per diem charge cost sharing to you. And it starts at $408 per day in this year of 2024. And they get more expensive for longer stays. So all Medicare supplement policies include coverage for Part A and Part B coinsurance and copays. If you use a lot of health care, that coverage could mean big out-of-pocket savings. Unlike many other kinds of insurance, Medicare Part A and Part B don't have a maximum out-of-pocket cap. There's no limit on what you could owe as co-pays and co-insurance add up. Original Medicare without Medigap would be perilous because we need Medigap for the out-of-pocket limit. Um, is Medigap worth the cost? Well, this article says you can expect to pay $100 to $150 per month or more for the most popular Medigap plan, Plan G, when you sign up at age 65. And premiums can go up based on plan type and location and sometimes health status. Eh, not really true. That's They always throw that in there, but I've never seen it happen. Here's the situation, ladies and gentlemen. They say you can expect to pay $100 to $150. You can expect to pay 
less than that in some of the rural states, and you can expect to pay much more than that in places like New York, uh, almost all the New England states. You can expect to be charged somewhere over $200 a month for a Plan G, which is a very comprehensive uh, coverage plan. Uh, it's a wonderful, I mean, you know, basically, if you want to pay that premium, you will not have anybody sending you bills for any other Medicare expenses once you've paid your uh, $240 Part B uh, annual deductible. The problem is a lot of people say, I'd rather go with a Medicare Advantage plan rather than pay over $200 a month. And, uh, you know, the state I live in is a very expensive state. So most people don't realize, and they're never told by their insurance agent, that there is a great alternative. It's called high deductible or high value plan G. That is going to be a fraction of the cost. It's going to require you to pay some of the coinsurance, but it's going to then kick in and be just like a regular plan G. If you have a bunch of expenses and you've paid the uh, coinsurance amount, you will have the same as plan G if you have a bad year of a lot of medical expenses. So what happens with a high deductible plan G is you pay that $240 out of your pocket. You pay the um, uh, 20% coinsurance if you need a bunch of treatment, or if you're thrown into the hospital, you pay the $1,632. But once you get to an upper limit, and that limit is uh, changed a little bit each year based on the consumer price index. This year, it is $2,800. So once you've paid $2,800 out of your pocket, you have a plan G at a, at a cut rate price, and it will pay 100% of all the rest of your medical expenses, your Medicare eligible expenses for the rest of the year. So you might say, well, geez, that sounds like a two, uh, $2,800 deductible plan. No, it is not because Medicare steps in and starts paying 80% of your outpatient bills right after that $240. So really what you have under Medicare is a $240 deductible and then 20% goes to you until you have paid out $2,800. But where's that $2,800 come from? It comes from the money you saved by not buying the expensive Plan G. So let's say you've got a, a choice between the $225 Plan G, because you live in New York, a state that hates insurance companies, or you have uh, the option of buying a $50 high deductible or high value Plan G. Well, you're going to be saving 150 to maybe $200 every month. So if you have medical expenses and you wind up having to pay 20% until you get to $2,800, just take the money you saved out of your sock drawer and pay your portion of the bills with that money that you did not pay in the very high premium. Uh, so my recommendation is always take the high deductible or high value plan G because you'll be saving money. And if you need a bunch of medical expenses that you didn't anticipate, you'll have the savings to uh, reduce or eliminate that extra deductible that they uh, try to tout you uh, with. And they, they do try to scare you because insurance agents don't want you to uh, save money because they get paid more. If you spend more insurance agents commission is based on a percentage of what you have to spend. 
So the better for them if you're spending more. So to wrap this up, it says the best time to buy a Medigap policy is right as you're turning 65. But if you're working and you're covered by a perfectly acceptable health insurance plan that's provided by your employer, then that's fine. You can stay with that as long as you want. And when you decide to disenroll from that employer's health insurance plan, then you have a window of opportunity to get a Medicare supplement plan without having to prove good health. Uh, during this period, let's say the insurance companies cannot use medical underwriting to charge you more or to deny coverage based on your health or medical history. So that's what I would suggest. And uh, house cleaning day continues. Could digital puzzle games help improve memory? Playing digital puzzle games could benefit cognitive health. Researchers recently conducted a study to see how playing different types of video games impacts memory capabilities in both younger and older adults. And I, I can tell you there's one adult that I watch every day play Words with Friends, and she plays with about five different acquaintances or friends of hers, and she plays about maybe 25 different games every day. Now, her mother did the same thing, and her mother became crazy as a loon. So I'm not convinced that the uh, brain uh, stretching that somebody does when they play digital puzzle games or any other kind of games is really going to be a good solution or a preventative for uh, dementia. But that's what they're studying now. They're trying to measure whether that's uh, helpful or not. Uh, the experts here learned that older adults who played digital puzzle games had better concentration abilities compared to older adults who either do not play digital games or play a different type of game. So digital puzzle games is the, is the uh, goal here. Um, so according to the National Library of Medicine, working memory refers to the small amount of information that can be held in the mind and used in the execution of cognitive tasks. For example, when somebody gives instructions to complete a task, the person would rely on their working memory to keep instructions in mind for the duration of the task. Scientists from England suspect that the type of video games that people play could impact their working memory and people's ability to ignore distractions. Now, the next section uh, says it's action versus strategy versus puzzle games. Since aging has a negative impact on working memory, the researchers in this study wanted to test whether certain types of games are connected with improvements in memory. Uh, the researchers analyzed data from 482 participants for the study. The majority of the participants were females. The participants' ages ranged, ranged from 18 to 81, and the scientists placed them in either the younger adult group, from 18 to 30, or the older adult group, ages 60 to 81. The participants reported their gaming habits included details such as how often they played, the type of games they played, and how much time they spent playing. So the researchers counted all digital games, including arcade games, PC, console, and mobile games. The next thing participants had to do was complete an online working memory assessment. The assessment checked the following conditions. No distraction encoding distraction, and delay distraction. The no distraction part of the assessment gauged how well the participants could remember the location of red circles that showed up on a grid for a short period of time. After briefly showing the red circles, 
The grid went blank, and the participants had to remember where the red circles appeared. When the encoding distraction aspect, uh, with the with the encoding uh, distraction aspect, the researchers checked this by showing both red and yellow circles on the assessment. The participants had to focus on the location of the red circles only, and recall the location of the blank uh, their location on the blank grid. The quiz had an extra component to check for the delay distraction. In addition to having yellow circles, the yellow circles also appeared during a delay between the red circles disappearing from the grid and filling the spots on the empty grid. So the results of the data analysis showed that older adults who reported playing digital puzzle games had a higher working memory capacity than older adults who played the other types of games or did not play games at all. The research also showed that older adults who played digital games could ignore distractions better than older other older adults. Puzzle games for older people had this surprising ability to support mental capabilities to the extent that memory and concentration levels were the same as 20-year-olds who had not played puzzle games. On the other hand, younger adults who played strategy games showed a greater working memory capacity compared to young adults who played action games. Oh, boy. It instead seems to be the strategy element of the game, planning and problem-solving, for example, that stimulates better memory and attention in younger people. We don't see this effect in older adults. Working memory is one of our most complex memory systems. We use it when we are using memories or experiences that we are holding in our heads for everyday tasks like mental math, following instructions, problem-solving, learning, and other things. And so the, the guy who was in charge of this was surprised that strategy and action games had no benefits for older adults. So he recommended aerobic exercises, maintaining social connections and doing activities that stimulate the brain, such as Sudoku, crossword puzzles, and reading for older adults that are concerned about memory loss. Well, as I say, I watched my mother-in-law uh, circle the drain with memory loss, because even though she did a million crossword puzzles and read a million books. So that didn't work for her. Uh, the final wrap-up here is it's important to note that this study is an observational study and does not necessarily mean that game playing leads to better working. It may be that game preference varies by cognitive ability and age. So I think what they're saying there is that if you are cognitively impaired, you're likely to choose a different type of game than if you are um, uh, agile. If you're mentally agile, you might take the more challenging type of game, and that might have had a skewing, a skewing effect on the uh, outcome of the studies. Well, you know, house cleaning hasn't been that successful today, Randy. I've gotten about three things out of the way, and it's uh, I, the stack is still very large. I can see it from here, Doug. Is that the one that starts on the floor and then ends about the top of your desk? I was hoping you thought it wasn't on the floor just, <laughs> but yes, that is the one. And uh, it shows me that we've got to get more diligent about uh, 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 handling the, the content that the curator curates for me. Well, there's that part. And I, I think we talked about this in an earlier episode that someone called me the other day and I, I didn't take a name, but they, they wanted to know if I knew anybody in Cave Creek that was hoarding paper. 
Well, as it turns out, <laughs> yes, <laughs> that would be me. <laughs> oh, yep. dear. Well, anyway, you know something? We got to land the plane. I we think we should. We spent our 75 cents, and we certainly don't want to go over because that's all we've got in the budget, according to Doug, 75 cents. But I'm still working on it, folks, so maybe next time it'll be a buck. Yeah, you're very persuasive, so I, I, it's hard, I, hard for me to let go of that quarter, but. I, I, I try. I try. Well, anyway, there's a few things I always like to take care of before we sign off and land the plane on 33 right. It is this. Grab your pencil. Doug loves to hear from you, and you can reach out to him at an email address that we have right here. dbj at mlmmailbag.com. Don't forget, Doug is licensed nationwide to help you with your Medicare supplement planning. Check us out to the website medicareforthelazyman.com. We would also appreciate it if you would find a place to drop a couple reviews for us on the content that we produce. means a lot to us, no matter what time of the year it is. Last but certainly not least, thank you for joining us. You could have been other places and you weren't. You were with us enjoying a few minutes with Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast, which is exactly where we want you three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. However, we're going to have to sign off for today. And if you haven't been keeping track of the time, it's been about 32 and a half minutes with Doug Jones, the anti-insurance insurance guy from Oklahoma. No more. He camps out and calls his home up in the high ground behind, where is it? Cave Creek, I think. Yeah. yeah, Cave, Creek, yeah. Cave Creek, Arizona. And today it's raining. I don't know if we mentioned that. It's, it's sound, it feels like, it looks like, it everything like i'm back in the middle of nebraska but we're not we're out in the, basically the, the the wonderful place of the earth arizona and i'm gonna put him in at about twelve thousand feet and uh, i don't know do you need oxygen for that listen that's uh ice and sleet up there at twelve thousand feet i don't no oxygen is going to help me but thank you for joining us ladies and gentlemen thank you randy for uh another horribly cold and frigid day i have to deal with I'm guessing that uh, you didn't cause this, but you're suffering right along with me. Anyway, we'll look forward to seeing all of you at our next episode. Bye-bye.